0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Blob Talk Radio. Oh mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the
3: law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into
2: my running and I'm so far from my home. We will not go gently. We're going
1: unleash hell here in December.
2: Oh, Mama, I can hear you a- You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. i like hey, play football. Hey, down from the gallows and I don't have-
4: Steeler Nation, and welcome to the Steeler final score, brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Along with me is Tony DeFeo, and we have some ha- happy campers on the line tonight as the Pittsburgh Steelers went ahead and beat the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, a place where the decibels were off the chart. It was dome-like, my friends, and they silenced those people in the Midwest. So happy that you came and joined us this evening. We have a lot of t- a lot to talk about. As you can see, I'm stuttering through the beginning because I am so excited about the big win. As the Steelers go to 4-2, and two, not all of the problems have been solved, but it's really big when you go ahead and beat a team like the Kansas City Chiefs on the road and announce yourself as a big-time player in the 2017 National Football League season. Once again, this is Brian. Along with me is Anthony. Tony, how are you, my friend?
5: Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me again. I'm doing fantastic. It was a uh, very big win, and it's important for a lot of reasons. I mean, they, they showed that they can play with anybody, which we weren't sure about for the first five weeks, uh, and, and they, they they changed the dynamics of the AFC, like you mentioned, like you alluded to. They, they could have been fine, which would have been poor, essentially, with the tiebreaker. And now they tighten everything up in the AFC. Now they're a game behind and have that tiebreaker in their back pocket should they find a way to grab another, you know, gain another game on the sheet. So, yeah, it's very big, especially after last week. And it,
4: I agree with you completely. That was actually my next thought. And um, I was talking about that during the game that, look, I mean, if you lose this game, you're down three games with a tiebreaker, you're down four, you're basically out of the number one seed contention. And we see how important that is, especially come January, if you are a playoff team. And uh, you know, there's still 10 games left in this regular season. Not all the problems have been solved, but you solved a big problem by saying that emphatically you can go out and beat a good team on the road. So, Feeling good, loving it, and uh, ready to talk to our friends in Steeler Nation. Now, the phones are lighting up already. We want to hear from you, and if you want to call in, it's easy to do, so you know what to do. You know the number to call, and I am going to go ahead and get that for you in just a second. It's just not on my uh, top screen. We had some technical difficulties to go ahead and start the show, so I am going to go ahead and pull that up, because I tell you what, I was not ready for it, so here it is, 347-850-8581 is the number to call, be sure to call in, and uh, remember, we have a lot of people that want to talk about the game, so uh, we're going to you know, keep your calls short. And appreciate you calling in. But remember, the show is brought to you by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia and home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker for his Pennsylvania office. Call 412-212-3878. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304 712 2089 you should also check out his website frankwalkerlaw.com to see how he can help you in your time of need frank walker law real talk real experience real results tony i gotta ask you you talked about it at the beginning how big of a win this is especially going into the playoff talk there are 10 weeks to go but what are your knee-jerk reactions from this game
0: Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void were prohibited.
5: Well, I think actually going into the game I was pretty confident that they matched up really well with Kansas City as they proved in the past and I wanted to believe that they could they could go in there and win, but it just it just I it was too afraid to say it out loud after the way last week went. So my jerk reaction is I thought they were a good team through the first five weeks, but they just didn't show it. And today they showed it. And like you said, all the problems aren't solved, and we saw what happened in late in the first half with the first goal at two, and the had to set up another field goal. And the tackling was a little bit hairy at the end uh, when, when Kansas City scored their touchdown to make it 12-10. But yeah, overall, I, I, I to me today, they, 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 I said last week that they had to, uh, they had a lot of work to do to restore their faith as a Super Bowl contender. And I think today they went a long way in doing that.
4: I think emphatically they did, uh, very big game, and there are so many reasons why, and we're going to get into that. We're going to have game balls today. Last week, we did not throw out game balls, so um, I will go ahead and throw out, uh, in fact, you know both Tony and I are going to throw out game balls for the offense and for the defense, and we'll do that in a little bit, but remember, it's your show, and uh, you decide how long it is by um, whoever wants to call in, feel free to call, once again, 347. 347- is the area code 850-8581. Please give us a, a call here on Blog Talk Radio. And the Steeler final score. You know, we're going to start off right off the bat with a guy that always keeps us even keel. The guy that uh, he's, you know, I like to call him the Yoda of our, uh, of our show here. And we're going to go to New Jersey right now. We know that Vito's on the line, and I'm sh- pretty sure he's excited to talk. So, uh, Vito, how are you this evening?
6: Gentlemen, how are you guys? What a great day. Hey, I was yelling at the top of my lungs on a lot of plays. You know, watching the game with my daughter, she was excited. No, uh, that Antonio Brown play near the end where it was almost intercepted and he's able to do that one handed grab and take it to the house. I mean, what a critical play for the offense because I think that really bailed Ben out because that throw, I think, was rushed a little bit. He threw it in tight coverage and Antonio was able to make it work. But what a big bounce-back game. Defense played great, only giving up 13 points. And let's not forget, guys, Le'Veon Bell and the offense pulling from what he brings to the team. I mean, it's incredible. Incredible.
4: Well, i got to tell you, Vito, I think uh, Le'Veon Bell – ramped up that $17 million talk with the way he controlled that game, too. And you know what you have in Antonio Brown. He is, uh, He's just a game-changer, and he is the heart on that offense to keep it going. But I have got to give props, and I'm just going to throw it out right now. Um, there's so many game balls to go around on offense, and you know the obvious ones are going to be Bell and Brown. But I tell you what, I'm going to give it to the gunfighter. The gunfighter... Who lost the gunfight last week? Which I don't understand how you could lose a gunfight and live. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger, I, he uh, he had a modest stat line of 18 for 25, um, but he won. He he kept control. He went in calmly, won that game. Wasn't I mean he threw that ball. T- uh, you know Antonio Brown did bail him out. He threw it into coverage. It was rushed. But he was also playing with two guys off of his offensive line, two starters, not there, and I thought he had a pretty good game. What did you think of Ben's performance, though, Um, especially after that disaster that was last week against Jacksonville?
6: I think he was very, very focused, very careful. He seemed like he was playing a lot better. Uh, He was more of a game manager this time around. And he made some nice throws. I mean, he found Martavis for a nice one, and that interception – that was intercepted by Peters, that was definitely on Brown because he stopped. If he doesn't stop, he has that ball. I mean, probably most likely as a 1st down and he keeps the drive going. So, I mean, I thought he did a much better job, more focused, more relaxed. He, he can't say enough. Look, the guy will always give you a chance. And I think they said it last week. If that's the worst thing he's going to have of the year where he gets those five interceptions out of the way, great. Let's move forward and let's keep going. And let's build from it let's get better from it. And maybe he doesn't need to do the things he did in the past where he needs to throw it 30, 40 times a game. Maybe he doesn't need to do that. I mean, he's going to have to do that if we're playing from behind, but Kansas City's not a team that's built to play from behind. So if you remember on the one drive where he was looking for Bell in the end zone where they had a self goal, Brown was wide open on the other side. If he hits Brown on that one, I think it changes the whole dimension of the game for the Chiefs. Now they've got to keep throwing the ball. They're not built to throw the ball and come from behind. they have down two or three scores. I don't know know if they can hang with every team doing that, but they would go in there again and win a tough game and a a super-tough environment against a really, really good team. I mean, look, there's an undefeated team you're beating, and maybe they got a little bit lax, thinking, you know what, we're going to be able to take Pittsburgh on with no problem, and you could clearly see Bell was able to break through because of some of the defense that they uh, put up against the Steelers.
4: You know, that was actually that was an actual shred game. He shredded that defense. And, uh, you, you know, even when he came out and James Conner came in, James Conner was running very well, too. So they really took it to that defense. Um, I'm going to give major props to David DeCastro for, for a major assist for Le'Veon Bell's great game today. I mean, a lot of it happened on Le'Veon Bell's legs, his will, his smarts, his patience. But, Tony, what do you think of the offensive line and how they stepped up, especially in that run game, for a team that was 24th in the league rushing the ball?
5: That was tremendous. And, and let's not forget, Marcus Gilbert's uh, maybe the best right tackle in the game. He comes back, and what, within a quarter, quarter and a, half, quarter and a half, maybe even not that long, he's out again with the hamstring. Chris Hubbard comes in, and you already have B.J. Finney on, on, on the line, filling in for Ramon uh, Foster, and, and – the line doesn't miss a beat ben gets sacked once all day bell rushed for 179 yards uh, it was just a, a, a tremendous performance and, and my game ball goes to uh, chris hubbard for coming in uh at the last second and and, and filling in admirably, like he like he did uh in the beginning when foster went down a few weeks ago it was just a a, a great performance and and it just shows the value of of depth along the offensive line. I mean, a few years ago, we were, we were wondering if they would get five good starters on the line. Now they have maybe seven or eight starters capable offensive linemen.
4: And I tell you what, that was quite a turnaround from um, a very dismal performance by Hubbard um, last week, and uh, you know, not even a great performance the week before. So he came in, he came in cold, but really, really amped it up. I was not expecting you to say, Chris Hubbard, I you know. I respect that pick. That's a, a really good pick, and you know we're gonna we're gonna throw game balls at Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell just for just fantastic performances. Hey, we didn't give any away last week. We could afford to give a bunch away this week, can't we, Tony? Oh, absolutely. So, if, today,
5: if there's ever a day for that today, the defense deserves a lot. The offense deserves a lot. Absolutely.
4: So, Vito, going forward, do you feel the? Uh, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, Vito, that, you know, the, the team is not without Warts still. I mean, there's still some concerns, and you mentioned that about being able to come from behind. But uh, what is your confidence level right now after six games with a 4-2 record and a 2-0 and record in the division?
6: I think, I think this team was so close to being at least 5-1. Um, they can only get better. They can't get worse, right? I mean, this was definitely about yeah. bounce uh, game. They played a lot tighter. But if you look around the league, who's without problems? I mean, the Winwin isn't perfect. The Falcons are definitely not perfect. I mean, look, they had a 17-point lead, and they lost the game. We could go around the league, and we could find plenty of teams with problems. I mean, let's look at a team like the Giants, who invested $200 million in their defense last year, who everybody thought would at least be contending for a playoff spot this year, and they're all 5 I mean, they're beating Denver right now. But think about it. Let's look at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, look at that play in the first quarter with him getting hurt. Talk about a big, big mishap there. Losing that guy for the rest of the season, it changes everything. So, you know, everybody can be great one week. The problem is injuries can mount. All of a sudden it changes the tempo of everything and it changes your team. But the one thing I like about these guys is that they can remain healthy and at least put 19, 20 guys on the field week in and week out going to be hard to put you know everybody on the field because there's going to be someone that's dinged up or injured. I think the uh, arrows definitely clean up, and I think we build from this win, and it should give us momentum to say, hey, you know what, we know we're better than what we were last week.
4: You know what? that's a, you know that's a great way to look at it, and I can't agree with you more on that. So I tell you what, next week is going to be a pivotal game, actually, for the fact that Cincinnati started off tough. At 0 and 3, and then started winning. They had a bye week this week. That offense is starting to click, especially with Joe Mixon starting to get into the mix and uh, seizing seizing that lead role. And AJ Green is just could be unstoppable when he's on fire. And when Dalton gets that connection with Green, that's a pretty tough team. That defense is still not not a slouch either. So you know that's going to be a very good game, a very big game for the team. Another. Uh, another 425 game since that time's been moved up. So I'm really looking forward to that game to really help tell the story very early in the season on where this team is going. But I agree with you on the health of this team. And as always, I appreciate your opinion. So thank you so much, Vito. We will talk to you next week once again. And enjoy the game against Cincinnati, my friend.
6: Yeah, thank you. Don't forget the Ravens lost. That's a big deal. Yeah, you
4: know, that's even bigger. And I was at – See, I live in Maryland. I mean, I, I I talk about that all the time. And I was at the. We actually have a Permani Brothers in Maryland, and I was there today. It's in my my town of Hagerstown. Um, I believe it's the only one in Maryland. Um, and we were there for the early game. My wife and I went, um, and we're watching the we're watching the uh, the Ravens play. And uh, they were starting to pick it up, and that place was just going crazy with Raven fans. And I was just I was just miserable and i'm like you know what they're going to come back and and beat chicago and the fact that uh they didn't i was just uh, uh i was just riding high from the beginning because you know my two favorite teams are the pittsburgh steelers and anybody who plays baltimore so so thanks <laughs> for bringing that up too vito we will talk to you next week have a great weekend enjoy Jeff. and savor this win my friend
6: appreciate it you guys as well
7: take All care reader right,
4: Hall of Fame caller, it's Vito, and uh, he always puts a lot of great things in perspective for me. I really appreciate hearing from him uh, week in and week out. And remember, this is your show. Give us a call. You decide how long it is, and we have, uh, hey, the callers are lining up. This is exciting. You always want to talk about a big win, and uh, this is the biggest win of the year so far. And, uh, Tony, I'm going to tell you this. I actually think this was a pivotal not just this game was pivotal, I think last week's game was pivotal. I think that was the game that, uh, as disastrous as it was, probably put things in perspective for the team that uh, they need to unite and they need to get together. And I saw unity when Ben threw that interception today and Antonio Brown, something never thought I'd see from Antonio, accountability to say, hey, I screwed that up. That's not on you. That's on me. And uh, you couldn't hear the audio, but it looked like it. It looked like it to me that he was actually taking uh, responsibility, and that even amped up his game because he even played harder after that. Now, I'm never going to deny that I don't think Antonio ever takes a play off, Tony, but in that situation, I think even after the, uh, the mistake on the punt, which, uh, excuse me, on the free kick that they thought was a punt and let it roll, um, that was uh, that was a huge mistake. And that mistake on the route, he really uh, he really picked himself up, and even played harder. What do you think of Ab's performance and his accountability in that situation, Tony?
5: Okay. He pointed out that it was – sorry, go There ahead. you go, Tony. I'm
4: sorry. I, lo- I lost you there a second. We we didn't have you. We had technical problems. Go ahead, buddy. If you could start from the beginning.
5: Oh, uh, right after Ben threw the pick and they went to commercial break, I was thinking, well, here we go again, 35 picks in however many games. But then when they came back from break, they, uh, Tony Romo pointed out that, you know, it, w- it was Brown's fault, and then they showed Brown saying, my bad, my bad. And that, that you know, To me, that, that spoke volumes for for. The uh, communication between the two and, and the accountability on his part, and then at the end of the game, I mean, he he uh, bailed Ben out with, with uh, making that unbelievable catch and then run for the touchdown. So, to me, it was it was uh, he could have very easily lost focus after the uh, the mistake on the free kick and then and then the uh, mistake on the interception, but he, he hung in there and and he does what he what he often does and that's make a great play at the end to win, to win, to win them the game.
4: Do you agree with me that they seemed very unified this week?
5: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, to, to to go in there and do and play the way they did on both sides of the ball, minus a few mistakes, but that's going to happen. After everything that was going on last week with, with you know, Ben, you know, saying what he said to the media and all the talk about a uh, divided locker room. No, to, to go in there and, and an unfocused team wouldn't have been able to, to go in there and play the way they did today. Absolutely not. No, it was definitely a – they definitely showed uh, unity, and, and, and I think it, it's going to bode
3: well moving forward.
4: I agree completely. We have a lot of callers on hold, so we are going to go to the 347 area code. This is a regular caller. Who's this on Steeler Final Score? Welcome.
2: What's up, guys? This is Ken from New Jersey. How are you?
4: Hey, Ken. How are you, my friend? I. You know, I, here's another guy. That uh, Ken always keeps us on an even keel when he when he calls in, and I appreciate your insight, Ken. So I know you got to be riding high tonight. I'm definitely
2: definitely riding high, definitely feeling good. And you know, I said it last week, last week you know, after everything, what do you think's going to happen this week? And I said, oh, they'll go into Kansas City next week, and you know, they'll win the game, you know, and pretty convincingly. And you know, the scoreboard didn't really show it, but if you've been watching the game, you know it was, a, it was a convincing win. So um, they dominated and then just held. I'm glad to see the defense held them off at the end. Um, my thing is, I, I really think I, I have to give kudos to, you know, to Todd Haley, um, you know, you want to call it the triumvirate between him, uh, Ben and Mike Tomlin, just like they always say, essentially. But, um, but I think the, the the play calling, the game plan, throughout the game was very good. They very, uh, kept hands kept Kansas City on the toes. They were always one step ahead. And then in the second half, they didn't really get stagnant. Even though they were stopped at times, um, it could have been worse. But they, they really didn't win field positions. But they got the ball, you know, they got the ball at the one-yard line, their own one, and got it to the 50 and then flipped the field. So those were good plays. Like little things like that made a difference in the game. You know, I really thought that um, the runner game was pretty much going all game, and they just kept the um, – they were just loyal to the run game. So they were able to have one where, you know, they broke a couple runs, 27-yard game here, 14-yard game there. That's something they didn't do in a lot of the other games that uh, the runner game didn't get going. So overall, man, I just think it was a great game plan. They weren't worried about statistics or expectations. If they don't worry about that stuff, just go out and do what's best to win the game, pick the spot, and you know guys were wide open. You know when they picked their spots, and it was you know they picked up 14 yard pass plays, but that's that's the recipe. Let them get about 450 yards a game, You get about the 300 yards, one or two touchdowns a game.
4: you definitely, you were the one that said it last week, and uh, you're absolutely correct that uh, this is the game that they go ahead and win. And the more I was thinking about it, at the end of the show, all of us, all the callers, um, you included, Tony included, were very optimistic about this game, playing an undefeated team, after such a devastated, devastating loss. Um, and that's because uh, we got perspective. And I feel that the Steelers found perspective sometime in that locker room during this week. Uh, We just talked, uh, Tony and I were just talking about being united. Something happened in that locker room. There were, I mean, they became one, and they got on the same page and uh, put all the crap behind them. Um, But one of our biggest complaints last week, and um, it, it was all throughout the show, was the fact that They just seem to go out and try to outthink the other team and uh, go after the other team's strengths for some reason and um, don't go after their weaknesses. This week, they played to their own strengths and went went after the Kansas City weaknesses and played a very smart game. It was a smart game plan. One of the things that we kept on saying last week was the fact that you want a team to go in and say, You know what we're going to do to you We're not going to surprise you We're going to run this ball down your throat With Le'Veon Bell the best Running back in the league And set up the the pass With the run And that's exactly what they did in a way So that's exactly what we wanted to see Tony what are your thoughts on that?
5: Oh yeah Absolutely Uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell had 314 yards Against them in two games last year and you were wondering if, the, if if the Chiefs were going to be able to do anything to stop them today, and, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, people talk about uh, some players that, that give the Steelers fits, and you know, obviously Tom Brady being one of them. But I guarantee you that the, the, the Chiefs are, are, are see, seeing Le'Veon Bell in his sleep because after today he had 483 yards against them in the last three games, if, I, if my math is correct. And, 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 and you're right; they they just kept doing what the what, what, what the, the, attacking the Chiefs' weaknesses all day, all game, and, and, and the Chiefs never had an answer for it, and they didn't have an answer for it last year or in, in, in either game, so they went in there, they didn't, they didn't try to, to outsmart the Chiefs, they went out in there, and they, and they just said, we're going we're gonna to run the, the ball at you all game long, like, we, like we've been doing the last few times we played you, and you're not going to be able to stop it, and, and, and they couldn't, all the way to the very end.
4: That's exactly it, Ken. What are your thoughts about uh, this team going forward?
2: Yeah, I just, I just think like they, they should use this as a springboard to, you know, just, just stay close. And you know, a, a lot of the national media in the past couple of weeks, <clears throat> they look at the fact that, you know, a lot of things have been coming out of the locker room, and, you know, um, because you know you heard this and you heard that from players and. I don't know. It's it's a different culture. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but it's it's a different culture of, you know, Mike Tomlin was saying something I was listening to, like some pregame stuff just today. There's just it, it is a close team. They're very accountable to each other, and he almost welcomes the, the outward accountability, not to really keep it in the locker room. And again, it's it's something that we're not used to, but if as long as at the end of the day, as long as they're good with it, that's all that really matters. You know, if, if they can police themselves, if they're good with it and they can put it past them and play ball when it's time to play ball and call each other out when it's time to call each other out and, and be men, you know, they can really go as far as they want to. So I just think, like, cut out some of the drama. Just focus on football. Keep it about the game first and not about a lot of the other stuff. I think they learned that they have to reel it back and keep it football first. Hopefully they did learn that lesson. And they can just move forward and just, you know, do what they do best. You know, use the talents that they have. Um, You know, I thought Martavis was used pretty good. He's he's more like, you know, get him about three catches a game in certain spots and let him use his athleticism. Don't force feed everybody. You know, you can't feed everybody. One, well, one I, game, I, I'm going to stop you right
4: there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ken, I'm going st- to jump in and stop you right there. Um, you mentioned Martavis, and the only reason I'm stopping you is because my phone just beeped. And I just saw a message come across. This is breaking news. Hmm. Ian Rappaport is reporting that Martavis Bryant recently requested a trade, and his teammates and coaches are well aware that he's unhappy. And that mm-hmm. is six minutes old, um, wow, so I mean, this <laughs> just came across my phone um, when you were right when you were talking um, so we were just talking about i 'm laughing because we were just talking about cohesiveness of this team that it seems like they found something um, and now we hear this, but they did. Involve him in this game Um So um So that's uh, And I'm pausing here because I'm also Reading that Rappaport also Uh reported that Ben Went and traded in 2013 So uh that might That might just be a lot of uh, A lot of junk um Coming across the wire from somebody Wanting to create news So um I'm just going to go ahead and um, I'm throwing that out there. That might be nothing based on his performance today. So, um, yeah, I mean, you never know, had, but this is couple, just something know, that came touches. across the wire.
2: I, I don't know. Uh, you know What's that? Court, well, yeah, let's see what – I said. Davis had a couple good touches today, but they brought him off the field. You know, smith is definitely beating, getting more snaps. He might not like that. But, you know, it, we won the game, so – it's about winning, and you know if that's what he wants, he yep. stuck with him and, in his and troubles, it, I'm sorry. You know, we'll see what happens.
4: And and this report says recently requested a trade. So just to be clear, that this did not happen after the game. So this performance, this game um, may have uh, may have changed that because he looked he looked to have played inspired. Um, what what do you think? What do, I mean, uh, excuse me, Tony. What do you think about that?
2: Well,
5: I mean, I didn't expect that at all. I thought it was going to be another uh, thing from week one where you where you were breaking uh, uh, an injury report. I'm, I'm glad that wasn't it. I mean, he could request trades all he wants. They don't have to trade him. You know, he he's stuck playing here as long as they want him to play here. And as long as he plays hard and tries to get open, uh, I really don't care if, he, if, he, if he's unhappy. I mean, he, there's one way to become happy, and that's get open, and your know, franchise quarterback will eventually find you the ball. Like, like, like he did in the past. So now it doesn't really bother me at all. It's just, it's just funny because, like you said, we were just talking about Team Unity, and now this this report surfaces. But, like you said, who knows there's how much, how much um, with the validity of it. I guess we'll find out uh, in the next couple of days.
4: And how old this is, too. Um, and right. it's funny that this is coming out on a high. Ken, thanks so much for your call, a root- as always, we really appreciate you calling in, and we will talk to you next week after the Cincinnati game.
2: All right, we
4: buddy.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Always appreciate Ken's calls. Um, I hated to cut him off there, but he was talking about Martavis, and I agreed with what he was saying about getting Martavis into the game. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll spend some more time on this, but. I'll uh, I'll just finish the Martavis talk with this about recently requesting a trade. Might have been unhappy with uh, the way things were going in that stretch. Um, it's funny that Rappaport brings that up right now after a big win. And uh, what's going to uh, what's really going to be a problem? Um, this is just going to be a distraction. Um, and this is probably not new news. This is something that probably happened during the uh, the ugly stretch of uh, two losses in three games um, after the Chicago game. Um, but as far as everything goes, I'm not concerned about this, and I, I don't really think we need to be concerned with this. I think this is just a distraction, and it's a shame to see right now. But uh, you have reporters out there that need to be the first one. I mean, this is uh, – in their, their field, they need to be the first one to break something, and uh, if they have something that they could go ahead and break and uh, throw it out there, it's uh, even though it's detrimental to a team, it's uh, they've got their name on it, and they, they went out and uh, at least had something to write about. So um, it's a shame that uh, it could put a pall over such a, a great victory, but... Um, I don't think that this is a problem in the locker room right now. I, mean, I think if uh, I think the team would know that he was unhappy at that point, but uh, maybe today's performance, I know it wasn't um, an amazing performance, but he looked pretty good on the balls that were thrown to him. So we are going to go to more calls, but uh, before we do that, we're going to take uh, a little break and hear from Frank Walker.
7: Smart or stupid) <laughs> Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh,
1: I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please.
7: Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of frankwalkerlaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805. Or frankwalkerlaw.com.
4: Once again, Frank Walker Law. Real talk, real experience, real results. Tony, we're going to keep the calls going. We are going to go now to a six four six area code. You are on Steelers' final score. Who's this?
3: Hey, what's up, fellas? This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn.
4: Bryce from Brooklyn. I can't wait to hear hey, your take. You got to be. Hey, feel- you got to be on? feeling good, man.
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, solid win. Um, Good win uh, to go on the road. I mean, of course, the Chiefs are undefeated. I do think that, you know, Pittsburgh just matches up well with the Chiefs. They kind of own the Chiefs Um, in terms of just, you know, the the quarterback. You know, Alex Smith, good quarterback, not really generally in big games, not the type of quarterback that normally beats Pittsburgh. It's normally the guy that can dictate to the defense, find a lot of the soft spots in the zone, going to be patient accurate with the football, those are the guys that normally give Pittsburgh fits. Alex Smith over the years, not so much, but he's been playing really good football. Um, I love the way our offensive line played. I think Pittsburgh is in a mode now where I think as Ben plays himself, you know, into form, I think Pittsburgh needs to have a no-nonsense, no-secrets identity. We're going to come out and run the football with Connor. We're going to run the football with Lev. We're gonna force you to stop it. We're going to stop getting cute in the red zone. We're just gonna force you to stop it. If you stop it, we're gonna go play action. Then we'll put the hands on our quarterback. But we're gonna be based off the run moving forward. Um, and I think that's gonna actually open up the passing game. But Todd's got to be committed to it. You can't get greedy. You got to stick with it. Um, and again, in the red zone, that's my only beef. Just, just, just herky jerky play calling in the red zone. I don't know if that's Ben checking off or that's Todd, but. You know, line up, get 45 on the field, keep the head knocker, pull back, and let him just do what they do. I mean, we got the tailback now. Ben is Elway like in the way he plays. He's getting a little older, so give it to your Terrell Davis. That's Le'Veon Bell. Just give it to him. And let's see what we can do and make defenses. No, you got got to stop this guy till you do it. Um, Hopefully, offensive line. Hopefully, we get Ramon back. Go back for Gilbert. That's tough with the hamstring. I mean, he's a really good right tackle. I thought Hubbard played pretty well. Um, we just got to continue to do that defensively. Started the game off great. Um, I loved the way the front seven was flying around. Um, good call by you know, Keith Butler to just keep him off balance. Um, Artie was kind of herky-jerky. He, he plays very aggressive. I think he's got all the talent in the world. But sometimes he doesn't play smart. Um, so hopefully he can do that. But it's good to go get a win. They can do some good things. That Martavis bryant trained thing, I already mentioned it, sounds like a bunch of BS, like Ian Rappaport doing what he does. It makes no sense. Yeah, I feel that way. If they, hit too. A couple of, yeah, if they hit a couple of the deep balls to Martavis, you never hear this. I mean, they're just off. He's been out of football for a year. He's just got to play himself into it. He's going to get the football. He may not be getting it now enough but trust me, he's going to get the football. Why in the world would he request a trade right now? Or recently, even if it was two, three games ago, he just got back. Like, it, does, it just doesn't make any sense. But we'll see. Um, overall, good game.
4: Great analysis, as always. Um, you know, here's my question for you. Um, you mentioned Artie Burns. Is this um, – He was probably the most, uh, he didn't have a horrible game, but it seems like uh, he was herky-jerky today. Um, It's almost like in an entire 60 minutes, you don't know. It's almost like he has a bipolar way of playing, (laughs) which you don't know which end you're going to get on any given play. Is it uh, it the fact that he is so aggressive that – these mistakes are going to happen this way. Um, because I don't really think it's on coverage. I think it's more on, um, on his tackling and uh, over-aggressiveness. I mean, am I on base there when I say that,
3: Bryce? Um, you know, I, I would agree to an extent. I think in the run game, he is over-aggressive. He gets himself. It's not like he won't. He's not a physical player. He just, to be, when you have to tackle consistently in and out, Tackling is all about run-fitting, bringing your feet um, up from under you, being in the right position to get a guy on the ground. That takes a certain level of discipline. And I think Artie's thing is, he, is now he needs to be more consistent with his discipline. I see him get in trouble, to be quite honest with you, when you see him play in zone. He can play zone, but sometimes I'm not sure he's disciplined enough with his eyes. He gets caught on the wheel route. Guy caught him. He's nowhere to, he's nowhere to be found. He's He's, he's checking on the underneath guy and the guy's running behind him. So, you know, I think that was him. And he just, he's not, he's still a young guy and needs to be better disciplined. Um, I bet you if we were in a scheme that was playing cover one more, you wouldn't see those, those types of things. You'd probably see more of the pass affairs holds he'd be struggling with a little bit because he's over-aggressive. But I think he wants to play more man coverage. But you got to be able to mix it up and in the zone, you just got to play more disciplined. I think that's the thing. It's tackling and it's coverage. The the ability is there. There's just not enough consistent discipline. But I think it can come with more snap.
4: Going forward, uh, with Cincinnati coming up next, um, where do you think the arrow is pointing for this Pittsburgh Steeler team?
3: Well, I think the arrow is pointing up. But, I mean, look, I think it is is proven. Pittsburgh can't get too cute. On offense, the identity is the identity. There are no secrets. We're going to hand the football off to twenty-six. And when he gets tired, we're going to hand it to 30. And that's going to be our offense. We're going to build everything around that. And then, trust me, the passing game is going to open up. 19 is going to get it. 10 is going to get it. We know what 84 can do. And then you can mix in the tight ends. And that's what the offense has to be. Not everyone's going to like it. But that's their strength. You look at the offensive line, Hubbard, Finney, who is clearly the heir apparent at left guard when Ramon Foster moves on. I mean, that guy is nasty. I can't believe he didn't get drafted. He moves very well. They can run so many different type of plays with him The either side. He gives them an unpredictable type of run game because he can do a lot of things, i.e. like the Castro can do, even though he's not the Castro. he got the left tackle. I mean, The strength of this team is about the offensive line, the tailback, the quarterback, then moving to the outside with the all-world receiver. Run the football and do that defensively. Arrow's been pointing up defensively. Tackle people and be disciplined. Don't overrun plays. Stay in your gaps. They did a great job of that. Take to the coaching. Keith, don't get too cute and try to run wacky formations on obvious rundowns and all that. Make teams beat you. You got the youth. You got the speed. You know, play aggressive. Get these guys going and make sure you play James Harrison because he gives you a certain mentality and he's a veteran and can make plays. Arrows pointing up if they do what they need to do. Danny Smith on a special teams level, I just he is what he is. Sometimes they just make they get very inconsistent. But if we can just not if we can not hurt the team, <laughs> I think in special teams we can be okay.
0: Hey, sports fans! Football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
7: Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the...
4: Well, great. I mean, I love that analysis. I appreciate it, as always, uh, an asset to the show. We appreciate you, Bryce. And we want to hear from you next week when uh go ahead and take on the Cincinnati Bengals at home. So you have a great week, my friend.
2: You too. You, you
3: guys take care.
6: Take care,
2: Bryce.
4: All right, thanks. Once again, that was Bryce from Brooklyn, uh, fantastic caller. We have fantastic callers on this show. And uh, we want to hear from you. We, we want to take new callers, too. So be sure to call in 347-850-8581. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the defense, Tony, the offense, Tony. I want to talk a little bit about the defense. And I'm going to get your game balls uh, from defense in just a moment here. But uh, what he said about, uh, you know, what Bryce just said about Artie Burns, um, you know, what did you think about Burns's performance in general? I mean, I am not gonna I'm not gonna give him honorable mention for a great game and I'm not gonna give him a, um you know, J V status either. Um for a bad game. Um do you think that uh with Artie that the discipline is something that's just gonna come with consistent playing, um or do you think it could be a problem down the line?
5: No, I think I think with him the arrow is pointing up and I think he's going to be one of the better best cornerbacks in the league. It's just a matter of experience. Like, like you guys mentioned earlier, he, he's better at playing man to man, playing, playing cover. And, and he has most of his problems when he's, when he, when he's in zone, he gets lost in space. He he loses track of the receivers, you know, like on that wheel route that, that Bryce mentioned. And, 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 and he's, he's got a problem with tackling, which was, uh, Part of his uh, reputation coming out of college, he wasn't a great tackler, so you know he has to shore that up. And you saw on the on the touchdown at the end of the game, you know he, he had a shot to that, that bring the guy down after a, just a big gain, and, and, and he, he got by him and, and he went in for a score. But it's just, I have no problem. You know, I I'd be a lot more concerned if he if he was having trouble covering receivers on a consistent basis. These, these things that you're seeing right now, they're just they're just mental and and. Mental mistakes and and, and just a uh, over over aggressiveness on on on, on tackling. And I think once he gets that figured out, he, he'll he'll be a a, a a Pro Bowl caliber corner, and it might not take. Now, it's probably going to be sooner rather than later.
4: Speaking of Pro Bowl caliber corners, we heard Artie Burns' name a lot today. We did not hear Joe Hayden's name at all today. I did not. There was a time I was. I was wondering if he was even in the game. But it's just like an offensive lineman. The less you hear a corner's name sometimes, the better. It seems like the um, quarterbacks were afraid to throw near Joe Hayden. And uh, I know he was on the field. But, uh, I mean, what did you think about uh, the fact that we didn't even hear a mention of him? That's got to be a great thing, wouldn't you say?
2: That's
5: Absolutely, you know he's. I've, I've heard him uh, described as, as the uh, the glue of the, this, the secondary, a very a very settling uh, addition to, to this to this group, and and that's what you want out of a veteran like that. You just want him to, to, to do his job and, and, and take one side of the field or one receiver out of the game for sixty minutes, and that's what he appears to be doing now. I mean, it was a shaky start at the beginning, you know. He he came to Pittsburgh, in a, you know right, almost right before the season started. So he had to be acclimated to the, um, to the system, veteran or no veteran, and, and he, he, now he appears to, to just be the most consistent player that they have in the secondary, which is I just think you, can't, you couldn't ask for more from, from him at this point.
4: Let me ask you a question about James Harrison. On that last drive, um, the play before he got the sack, I actually uh, looked at my buddy that I was watching the game with, and I'm like, I think James is going to get in there and get a sack. You could almost feel it on the play before. He was just—he uh, was just in a zone. And I don't care whether that guy's twenty, thirty, forty, or fifty. When he's got it in his mind, he can get to the quarterback.
5: Yeah, you could did see you have you the could feeling see it coming. that I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could see it coming. Uh, he was in there. Uh, he, he was just barely—I uh, think on one in the place. He he almost got there, and then on that one, you know, it just it just changed the game, and, and that's what you want from a guy like that. You want him to come in, and, and get you one or two plays. And, and in this case, it was the the biggest defensive play of the game because it essentially ended the game. It turned it went to you know fourth and eighteen after that. So yeah, that's that's that's, you, that's all you can ask for at this point from a thirty nine year old.
4: So, you know, right there, I'm a, I mean, there's a lot of guys to give your defensive game balls to. I'm throwing it to James Harrison, and the reason I'm going to go ahead and do that is just because that was the play that stopped the game, That just like you said it. Um, so James Harrison gets my defensive game ball. You can give it to Debo, or you can give it to somebody else. Who's your game ball on the defense?
5: I'm gonna give it to Vince williams' because he's always one of my favorite players and and he had two stacks but and he's been playing lights out this year and, you know he's getting better each and each and every week
4: yeah now house I do not have a report I did not listen to the press conference after the game I was prepping for the show um did you do we have any word on uh on the fact that he was on crutches um towards the end of that game and going with a leg injury? You uh do you know anything? Do we have any report on that? Have you found anything yet?
5: Uh, to tell you the truth, I didn't even know about that. I I, I was finishing up my last uh bowling uh match right at the end of the game. I, I had no idea he was hurt.
4: Okay, yeah, Jay, um Vince did uh in fact uh Jeff went ahead Jeff Hartman went ahead and uh posted something on the site right when it happened, that uh, he left the game with an apparent leg injury. Um Apparently he was on crutches at the end of the game. Um, I, but I don't, uh, and if anybody has insight on that, please let us know. Um, usually at a one o'clock game, we've got a lot of turnaround time to go ahead and look into those things. Um, we did not have the turnaround time going into this, uh, with it being a late game. So, um, that's something that we need to get further clarification on, and we're going to go ahead and find out. But uh, he is very important in that defense, and I agree with you. Um, he's, he's a guy that was all over the field before he went down and just had, uh, had a tremendous game. Um, so those are our game balls. Um, but we still want to hear from you, and we are going to now go to a caller that's been on hold for a while um, with us. It's a 678 area code. You are on with Brian and Tony on Steeler final score. Who's this?
7: Hey, it's Nick from Marietta. How are you guys doing? A couple of week layoff hey, there. Hey, pretty good, Nick. How hey, are you? It's a, it's a great Sunday, isn't it?
1: Listen, boys. It,
7: it, it feels guys, great. Yeah, yeah, a lot better in the last couple of weeks. But hey, listen, to them. great, great uh, dovetail into uh, my first comment, which is a main man. Number 92, the jersey I am wearing from the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl collection from uh, Arizona. And uh, I wore it proudly today, and he made me proud. Um, but, you know, the re- first of all, what really frustrates me, and I, the last time I got to talk to you guys was we got the explanation the next day, of course we didn't know about it on air, that Mike Tomlin gave that press conference after the Chicago game where he was trying to say, oh, it wasn't one player, and uh, no one player is going to you know, save that run defense that day and blah, blah, blah. But I'm sorry, Mike. What's most frustrating is Mike Tomlin himself because the proof was today. I would, I would say that <laughs> most NFL people would say the Chiefs are far more explosive, and I think their running game is at least on par with Chicago, if not better just because they're more of a complex offense. And I didn't see any uh, pulling guards, wiping Steelers out, any sweeps. I didn't see any of that. And it's a credit also to T.J. Watt because, you know, I'm, I'm being fair about it. I know that James was in maybe about 20% of the plays. But the point is, is there's a lot to be said when you have a veteran. And all those other players know, you know, the Truitts, the, uh, Hayward, uh, the inside linebackers. They know when they're coming at an angle, they know where James Harrison is. There's a lot to be said for that, and Mike Tomlin sit there and say, oh, I know better when you actually should have learned that lesson a year before in Dallas. I mean, why did you, why'd you swap out JJ for uh, James Harrison last year after Dallas? You know, so that is most frustrating, and I just want to give him my game ball. Um, you know, the, the second point is, and I don't want to be a downer on it because it was a great day, and I hope that this is a, you know, obviously a turnaround for him and stuff, but um, I also want to say that I, I was impressed with Tony Romo. First time I ever heard him on a broadcast, and the little I did hear of him, because I was with a bunch of people, I was pretty impressed as an announcer. And I like the way what exactly what you guys were talking about earlier is this is the type of offense. Even though we didn't get a lot of points, this is what we needed. We need to take advantage of when you know the other team's weakness. We need to sit there and be smart when they're stacking it. You know we're gonna we're gonna throw it, and when likewise when they're only playing maybe three big big guys up front, maybe a 3-4 or having a safety drop down, we've got to run the ball. That's, that's what I think a lot of us Steeler fans expected to, to do, not to be just trying to, uh, you know, be intimidated or just be outsmart or throw three times down on the red zone. You know, that's, that's why Steeler fans get so darn mad, because it, it just seems like there's no rhyme or reason. But tonight, or today, I think there was some rhyming reason. Um, the only other downer is, is nobody's talked about it yet, but the discipline. Oh, man, Bell, what are you doing with the foul? You, you know, you're kicking off then to one of the fastest guys in the NFL when you put your team back 15 more yards. I, I mean, it's just idiotic. But you know, overall, boys, I'm, I'm thumbs up tonight.
4: Okay, Nick, let me ask you a question because I I agree on a lot of, a lot of the stuff you said, and I uh, i publish it. It was published at 8 o'clock tonight. I do something called Knee-Jerk Reactions. Uh, I yep. do something on the read it. curtain. Uh, and uh, one of the things, uh, I, I love your comment on Tony Romo, and I'm also bummed about your comment on Tony Romo, because I was going to save that for the end of the show, because <laughs> okay. I absolutely love the analysis of Tony Romo. Um, and something that I printed today that
0: uh, I hated
4: Phil Sims. I Phil Simms was the guy that I could not stand. And I actually wrote that, uh, I think my exact words that I wrote were that uh, um, anybody's better than Phil Simms. A dyslexic (laughs) coke addict, a hobo, is better than Phil Simms. But at this point, Tony Romo, he has great analysis, and I really like what he has to say. And uh, I love that he's on the number one team. And uh, you throw him with Jim Nance. Um, I think he could be a superstar in the game, and I was never a Tony Romo fan before. I was never anti. Neither Tomo, was I. <laughs> but I, yep. I was never anti him. I was just like, yeah, he's a cowboy, and that's just yeah. the way I thought of the guy. But uh, just really great. Um, yes, as far as the good. discipline. I'm going to throw throw the discipline. Um, I want to talk about the Le'Veon Bell thing, because I mentioned something that had knee-jerk reactions also. But um, the discipline of Mike Mitchell keeps on bothering me. Um, (laughs) I think he's going to be fine for what he did today. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous um, for that one late hit that he had. and. it could actually cost them the game. Now, there's some discipline that uh, we talked about, the Artie Burns discipline, and it's something that he's learning. Also want to bring up Juju Smith-Schuster. Love the guy. I think there's a lot of upside with Juju. Um, and a lot, of his, uh, a lot of his transgressions as far as penalties are on aggressiveness and he will become more disciplined. I'm not worried about that, but I'm worried about the discipline of a guy like Mitchell who's been around eight, nine years now and uh, just plays like a renegade. I know we love the song Renegade, but we don't want our players to just go out and uh, just play undisciplined ball, so I feel that Mitchell's that guy. Mm. Now, if we go on to Le'Veon Bell, um, first of all, another thing I wrote in Knee Jerk Reactions um, is – how much time are they spending on on these choreographed celebrations? <laughs> and I think yeah. that's a problem. Um, but I actually think the penalty on that, and it's pretty ticky-tack because he was doing a boxing thing, which was just stupid. It's not entertaining to me. But, um, but I think when they said that they will throw a flag when it's sexually suggestive or violent, and... <laughs> Did they throw a flag today? And <laughs> this is, I'm a, Tony, I'm going to ask you this. Yeah, it's a
5: football. So game, I'm going go to go, Tony, Hello. first, but
4: then I'll, I'll ask you, Nick. Do you think that was uh, they threw that flag because it was a violent display? I mean, this is just off the top of my head.
5: I, I don't. Uh. I mean, uh, that, that's not the first thing I thought of when I saw him punching a uh, punching a goalpost. That it was violent. I just thought it was him simulating a punching bag, which I have no problem with. I mean, where's the consistency with this stuff? You know, you got players doing duck duck goose, which I think is hilarious. and Then you're going to penalize a, a guy for punching a goalpost. What I mean, either everything should be okay or nothing should be okay,
7: as far as as far as well,
5: celebrations go. What do you
7: think?
6: The, the minute I saw, Mike saw him, does Oh, they water
7: though. Oh, it's no rhyme or reason. But the thing is, the minute I saw him touching or using a piece of equipment in his, incorporating into his uh, little dance or routine, I knew the flag was coming out. I just knew it. I just it, it wouldn't even matter because like you there is no rhyme or reason. Nobody can say and look at every play every week and say, that's gonna be a penalty, but I knew I just knew touching something, using some type of equipment, I knew a flag was coming. That's the sad thing about it.
1: <laughs> oh,
4: that's uh yeah, I, I would love love to hear more about that and to see I mean I would love to know and, hey, I would have probably thrown the flag, too, because it was just – I mean, but I want to just give 15, 15 yards for just plain stupidity. Um, and that's yes. – and we we see that. Um, and we talked about that a lot last year um, with Antonio Brown and his post-touchdown
7: antics. Let me ask you
4: guys, and, uh, his, uh, um, ask you look, guys a
7: question. Okay. If, if, don't you think that a coach just – uh, on an upcoming week, points out and says, hey, by the way, guys, I, I, all the things you heard about Hill as a, ret- a return guy. and you know how fast he is, how dangerous he is. Remember one thing, we can't happen. If any of you guys do anything, we're not going to get that penalty assessed. I know when I coach just little football with little kids, I always would remind who, you know, upcoming, if I knew, if we played that team before. That's just on a little level. I have to think that's common. <laughs> I mean, you got to sit there and open up your mouth and say, we can't be kicking." From our, uh, you know, 15 yards back on a kickoff, guys. So this week, really tighten it up. Something along those lines, you know. Yeah, it just kills you. But yeah, that it that is, is what it is, right?
4: That, that's something that
7: uh, I mean,
4: and that's the biggest thing that uh, that uh, I complain about. Mike Tomlin is uh, is uh, coming down on these guys, and uh, I was having a conversation. Um, with a buddy this week about uh, could Chuck Noll play in this day and age? And uh, I mean, not play coach in this day and age. And he said to me, he said, you know, Chuck Noll does coach in this day, day and age. It's Bill Belichick. And um <laughs> i was like, you know, I, I think you're actually absolutely correct. Um I – I believe in that wholeheartedly, and that's just something that uh, just wouldn't happen in New England. And I know people go crazy when I when I say stuff like that, compare them to New England. But I'd love to see the rains brought in a little bit more, and just say, guys, this stuff's stupid. Um, if you if you want to do a dance, do it on YouTube, and and we'll support it. But I mean. This really isn't adding anything to the, the, the team. It's just taking away. So, Nick, I want to thank you very much for your call. Thanks, and, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. You got it. Take care. All right. We're going to go to uh, the phones once more. Um, we're going to go ahead and keep it going. Um, someone who's been on hold for a while at 832-AREA-CODE, who's this?
1: What's up, fellas? This is Melvin. I told you last week when we got on the phone, I was going to be smiling today, didn't I? Did I not tell you that? Run the tape. Run the tape. But, hey, man, big win.
4: Go ahead. I don't have to run the tape. I know you said it. I mean, and we talked about it earlier when we were talking to to Ken. There was a great feeling at the end of just a miserable show last week just because we were so miserable talking about the Jacksonville game. But for some reason, we all left that show – Optimistic, and every call at the end was optimistic about the Kansas City game, which was, uh, you know, inconceivable to me at first. But uh, but you called it, Ken called it, a lot of people called it, and uh, I'm so glad you guys are smiling.
1: Yeah, man, it's I mean it's a good win. I mean, Steeler Nation, a lot of Steeler Nation is spoiled. We're supposed to blow everybody out by 50 points. Okay, we didn't. However. This team right now, it kind of reminds me of 2008. If you remember back in 2008, oh, our yeah. defense carried us. Our defense carried us through the first half of the season while the offense was trying to figure out what they needed to do in order to, in order to score points and win games. And it kind of feels this way uh, to me for this year. However, I mean, our offense, we still got to do better. I think a I think a lot of it has to do with play calling. Once again, first and goal, you know, inside the five, and we're running pass plays when we've been running it down their throat. I mean, defensively, you talk talking about game balls. If you don't want to give him a game ball, that's fine. But I'm definitely going to give him an honorable mention. Sean Davis, in the end zone, the play had to be made. He made a play in the end zone. And that's what you have to have. You have to have people who want to make plays when it needs to be done. Ben, he did better better this week. You know, he got bailed out because Antonio made one hell of a play in order to keep his concentration, catch the ball, and score. But we've still got to do better in the red zone. There was no reason with the way that our defense played today, there was no reason that we didn't score at least a minimum. And I'm setting the bar low. At least 24 points today. At least 24 points today. We're running the ball down their throat. I think that what, another thing that we're missing in the red zone, we need Jesse James or the uh, kid from uh, San Francisco. We need them to step up because you know just as well as I do, four or five years ago, he's Miller. It'd be Miller time down there in yep. the red zone if you want to throw the ball. It would have been Miller time. I think that, once again, I don't want to peak right now. I want to keep building up to a crescendo at the end of the season. Hey, we're a game ahead of the Baltimore Ravens. We're tied for second place overall in the AFC and the AFC leader. We already got them beat head-to-head. I don't know if you was watching, but the Broncos are down right now, 17-3 to at home. Against who? The 0-5 Giants. So, I mean, just hang in there. Always, you can, whatever you seek in life, you will find. If you want to find something bad about the Steelers, you'll find it. If you want to find something good about the Steelers, you'll find it. But I'm ride or die since 1976. So, I don't necessarily like, you know, all the extra stuff. I give Mike Tomlin the past. The reason why I'm going to give Mike Tomlin the pass past. Mike Tomlin is two months older than me. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't know at 45. And I've been watching I'm football not. a lot. <laughs> when's, your ber- so, when's your birthday? Let me ask you this. Cinco de, de Mayo. Cinco de mayo. Okay. Cinco de mayo. Okay. May fifth. Uh, May
4: fifth, nineteen seventy one. Two. Seventy two. Yep. Okay, I'm December third, seventy one. So that's the reason I'm asking you. So we
5: are we're <laughs> right in that same ballpark. <laughs> Melbourne, we're, we're we're a week apart. You're oh, to hey, Tony, you.
1: you're 71 yeah. also? Or, or no, 72, May 12th, 72. No, you baby, all day
5: long. That's right. <laughs>
4: stubborn, you know, stubborn attack. You are absolutely correct about Mike Tomlin, and I, I brought that, you know, you're right. Uh, we could look for good things. We could look for bad things. Tony and I, our job on this show is to uh talk about the good things and talk about the things that concern us going forward. And uh we've got to play both sides of that fence. Um but if that's the worst thing that I'm saying about Mike Tomlin tonight, then that's a great
1: Exactly. Take. Exactly.
4: But uh I think uh, yeah,
1: go ahead, go ahead.
4: Uh excellent excellent point though. I I I loved it. You you just got me fired up for next week against Cincinnati now.
1: Oh man, I think uh Cincinnati comes to town, hey, they've been off a week. They come, they're going to come into our house, but it's still the Bengals. Because I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way. The Steelers are, going back to the game today, the Steelers are to the Chiefs what the Patriots are to us. For whatever reason, they can't, they can't get it out of their head. And, I, and you know what, Cincinnati, Cincinnati will never – in a million years, get out of their head the playoff game when they had us beat. They had nope. us beat at their place, and they fumble. We go down, we score. We get a field goal and win the game in the playoffs. They will never be able to get that out your head, out their head. And you know just as well as I do, if you have an older brother, sometimes when you try your best to beat your older brother, because you're so focused on beating him, you're not focused on the fundamentals that you need to be focused on in order to beat him. And I really do think that with this win today, I think that I think that we're on pace. And another point that I wanna make real quick, when's the last time you see the Steelers lose back to back games? We hardly we hardly ever do that except for that I forget what year it was. We started 0 four. But when you really when you look back I can't remember, my memory gets foggy, but I can't remember how many times we lose back to back. We may win one, lose one, win one, lose one, but how often do you see us lose back to back when our backs are up against the wall and everybody's calling out everybody? You know, I figured Ben was going to have a decent game. You know, just for simple fact, you know, oh, y'all think y'all, I'm retired just like Mike Thomas said at the press conference. Uh, You guys make him well aware that he's thinking about retirement. You know, I think Ben could keep his cars a little bit close to his chest, but I mean, he's a grown man. He can do what he want to do. But uh, hey, I'm gonna call it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you next week, and I'm gonna be smiling again.
6: <laughs>
4: I love Melvin. <laughs> I love his analysis. Me too. I I hope you are absolutely correct, and I think you are, and I think you've got something. Um, great call, and I, I'm gonna give you props on on Sean Davis. We uh I mean I agree with you I was gonna talk about him but uh I didn't throw my game ball but you can throw out a game ball and and uh and I think it's well deserved for number twenty
1: eight. Game balls offense? Offensive yeah, line, period. Period. Offensive line gets game ball for me. Offensive line gets game ball for me. Period. That is my bonus. Tony gave Tony
4: gave one to uh Chris Hubbard.
1: Okay, all right. And I thought B.J. Be, Finney did. B.J. Finney was serviceable. He had that. He had that holding call uh, for Ramon Foster. But overall, as a as a unit, I'm gonna get an O line my game ball. And uh, let me go, my girl. She's happy. She's a Saints fan. The Saints won too. So black and gold, black and gold won. She's visiting, so I'm gonna be a happy camper. And I'm gonna finish these ribs. I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting to get on the phone. I gotta call in because cause I told them I'm gonna call in. <laughs> But I'm going to finish these ribs, guys. Go Steelers. You enjoy dinner, my man. <laughs> have a take great that, week.
4: Hey, and, and set <laughs> something good up for next week because you're going to celebrate, have a celebrity, celebratory dinner next week too.
1: Will do, sir. Will do. Y'all take it easy.
4: All right, buddy. Take care. Melvin, I tell you what, Tony, let's throw out a collar game ball tonight. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw out my collar game ball and I, I think it's unanimous. I think you'd agree with me. All oh, fantastic yeah. calls, but Melvin gets the caller game ball for this evening.
5: Every time he calls, I want to I want to uh, run through a brick wall. I'll play <laughs> for him anytime.
4: That guy, love his analysis. I love all the analysis of our callers. Let's uh, gosh, I mean, uh, we were trying to shorten things up tonight, and uh, and we had lots of great calls. We had. Uh, we had uh, we had the uh, the usual callers: Vito, Ken, uh, Bryce, Melvin, Nick called from Georgia. Um, it, was, it was a great night. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Your final thoughts,
5: Tony? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, agree with Melvin and say I, I think next week you're finally gonna see. I mean, I said this before this season, but it, it's it's just a matter of time. I've been talking about the dam breaking for this offense for weeks now, and, and it seems like like they're just just a, a, a half a step off of, of making it happen each week, and I think next week it's not going to be an easy game. But I think you're going to see a, a a very dominant performance by the Steelers, and and they're going to be sitting at five and two after after seven weeks, which is which is pretty good.
4: I would take that because uh, this is a, definitely a tough stretch with uh, with some tough teams, and to beat an undefeated team like Kansas City. Um, it's got to give a, uh, it, it seems like a sleeping giant might be waking up uh, and that offense will. Um, one of my last thoughts, my final thoughts, we talked about uh, red zone woes. Um, you know, I have no problem with red zone woes tonight because actually, if I'm not mistaken, Tony, they were only in the red zone twice tonight, Um but one was the touchdown, one was the field goal, but, uh, they they really uh they really weren't in there that much, and uh one of the main reasons for that was the fact that uh they played a very good defense and a very good defensive team tonight uh just a good team all around and it doesn't matter whether you know I always talk about uh it doesn't matter how pretty you win i mean it's like hey, if you get to take the ugly girl to the prom, at least you get to dance, right? And, you know, that's what you do. You're going to win ugly, but a win is a win, and a win that you feel good about, no matter whether it was just gorgeous or not, doesn't matter. This was a great win for this team, and I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like a million bucks. So with that being said, we've got Cincinnati next week. Uh, your early prediction what do you think is going to happen against the Bungles when they come into Heinz Field?
5: Well, I think it's going to be – it's probably going to be one of those games where it's kind of close early, and I think – I can see them pulling away at the end. I just think they're, they're – they're at a point in a season now where they're going to have to – you know, they're going to be—they're going to start showing the rest of the league just how good they are. I mean, if they're truly a special team, and I think we both agree that they are, then – it's sooner rather than later. They're going to start showing that, and I, I just think I just think they're they're due to be hot because you saw today with the one pass to McDonald. Uh, he's just a half a step away from from connecting with him, and it seems like every week there's a, another play like that where where if you hit it, then it's a different story for the offense. And and I think next week is going to be the the week where it finally comes together for 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 this team, and and it truly looks like a Super Bowl. Uh, a elite
4: Super Bowl contender Well I tell you what I feel really good I appreciate your analysis um, We're going to go out on a high note And just say hey The Steelers went into Arrowhead With all those red clad maniacs And silenced that crowd And it feels really awesome So for FrankWalkerLaw.com, For Behind the Steel Curtain For all your Steeler needs For Tony DeFeo I'm Brian Anthony Davis we love you, Steeler Nation. We want to hear from you next week. This was your final score, the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Kansas City Chiefs. And our team, the black and gold, is 4-2 and two with 10 games to go. We will see you next week, Steeler Nation. God bless.
3: Drink Run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes,
0: and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're gonna say. Aw, oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You a champ. The Drink Run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the Drink Run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's' $123 menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.